Welcome back to episode 12 of the Tough Love Podcast. Today we will be talking about being adopted in the workplace and how we all deal with that. So Lauren and Deontay, it's great to have you guys back. Either of you, feel free to start. I can go ahead and uh, start us off because I think that this is something that I struggle with, especially now that I'm entering the um, working profession, like post-college. I think for me, it's very challenging to be an adoptee in the workplace, um, given that my career right now is working with kids and it has nothing to do with adoption. Like I'm not working with adoptees. I'm not working with typical like teenagers who are adopted, which has been things that I've done in the past. So um, I find it hard to navigate this environment that's so different than anything I've previously been in. And I'll have like interactions with people and it's not necessarily hostile, but it's like, oh, how do I show up as an adoptee and like claim this as my identity when also this has nothing to do with my identity, but since it's been, it's a part of me, I like have always made it a part of my workplace environment, if that makes sense. So it's like this whole balance of like wanting to, I guess, tell people that I'm adopted and show up that way and like own that space. But then on the flip side, like also hiding it because it's easier sometimes to just hide it. So how would you say when you do talk about it, how do you typically go about that? I think it's hard um, because, you know, I've been at my company for two months now and I've made a couple friends here and there. Um, No one like really close, but people that I like look forward to seeing nonetheless. Um, and one of, um, I told that I was adopted at one of our meetings cause it just came up in casual conversations and then it became this whole thing. Like it always does, um, where you're going and like having to like explain your story, but like also keeping your own privacy, um, in mind, if you choose to keep your privacy in mind, I have never had a problem being an open book so it doesn't bother me but i know that some people might want to keep certain things private uh, depending on their story which i totally understand and so it's been hard to like kind of pick okay what parts do i want to choose okay what parts do i want to protect yeah i think that's so important when it comes to protecting ourselves especially because A lot of people don't know about adoption or they think adoption is what they see on TV and they often have a lot of questions too that they don't realize that could really be triggering or really intense. This isn't in the workplace but just the other day I was at a party and this guy was like saying he wanted to adopt a kid when they're five and they're still moldable and I wasn't really in the space to to talk to him about it, but um, then he was asking me about my adoption and all these other things and about my birth family and I just had to put a strong boundary up 
of you know I would love to talk to you about this at a later time to help you understand you know that at five kids aren't moldable I don't even know why he thought that was a thing but anyway just let me see how you know ignorant and how people just they don't know they don't have the information and what they make up about adoption and kids in general very true lauren and i really appreciate you like kind of naming that you know in our circle people feel comfortable and open talking about adoption but that's not the case in the broader uh, societal circle so like you know a lot of what people understand about adoption might come from like movies and like media and that type of stuff. But a lot of that can be skewed a certain type of way and very much um, embody like white saviorism, which is something that we obviously trying to actively combat. So when you get into the workplace and you do disclose that you're adopted, should you choose to make that decision, you're often putting yourself in a vulnerable position to receive comments like oh you are so lucky oh you must be so loved oh my gosh and just this like romanticization of your story but it's like dude i haven't even told you my story like what if it wasn't like perfect what if i was like removed from the home or whatever like you don't know that because you hear adoption and you automatically romanticize it because you view it with this white savior lens yeah definitely i think there is a lot of that and just a lot of misunderstanding and i think i see this with my kids when kids have to learn how to talk about adoption or they choose to share it when they're younger and then they learn what people often say oh were you not loved or why did they abandon you or i don't know the things the silly things that kids say and i think at young ages, a lot of adoptees learn that, which might even keep them um, kind of what you were saying, just not talking about it because it doesn't feel safer because they don't know the reactions they're going to get based on what happened to them when they were younger. I feel like I was the opposite. I, I still tell everyone I'm adopted and I'm, I'm not really shy about it at all, but I think that's also because I'm so educated on it and because I know how to respond to silly responses. And um, I don't know. I just feel I've always been kind of proud of being an adoptee. And so that's just kind of been my story. Yeah, absolutely. Glenna, I'm curious to hear a little bit about um, your experience and like if you've had any uh, situations similar to me or if you're more in a position like Lauren. Well, I think I haven't yet in a workplace, like a professional workplace environment, just because I haven't like had a, a real job yet, you know, like outside of <laughs> school, I've just been in school. And that's a whole other thing that we have an episode about. So I guess in response to what Lauren said, I'll be around kids all the time. Like even next semester, starting student teaching, I'm with elementary students and yeah they just <laughs> say whatever is really on their mind and so you know my, my idea of bringing up whether or not I'm adopted 
hasn't really hit me yet, and I'm glad that we're talking about it because it's definitely something to think about. Um, and honestly, I'm not so sure if I'm ready for that because it does take a lot of energy and um, I think time, especially if you want to explain it, you know, with that whole educated lens and all of you want to tell the whole story. I feel like we don't just want to tell it in parts. So that's where I'm at, Deontay. Kind of scary thinking about it, but. Yeah, absolutely. You want to do your story justice, but at the same time, in my situation, I was like, dude, let's just move on, you know? Like, it wasn't so much that I w was, like, ashamed to tell this individual I was adopted, but it was more just like, okay, I don't really have time to, like, sit here and like go through my whole life experience and like dump all this information on you when this is our first time like properly sitting down and I had just started you know it was kind of and then another experience I had uh that really made me want to like kind of talk about it on this podcast was me and um a couple co-workers are getting together like preparing for the uh upcoming week with the kids it was the day before thanksgiving break right so we were trying to get some work done organize some stuff um and we were talking and it was me a black male uh colleague and then a biracial female colleague and then a uh, latinx woman so all people of color um which was awesome because Austin is not very diverse and my organization is not very diverse, or at least I don't get that much time with diverse people. Um, so very nice. Right. And, you know, we started having like race talks because, you know, you're comfortable with peers. One thing, like the conversation kept going and I was put in a position where my blackness was questioned and in the moment of, do I go in and be like, hey, I'm adopted, like, or do I say, oh no, I have black uh, family members. I chose to just say, oh yeah, no, like both of my parents are black. Instead of saying like, oh no, I have two white parents and I'm an adoptee and I have an open adoption. And so I grew up around my birth family, just like dive into this. I was just better to be like, Let's just deny being adopted and just keep this conversation moving to protect myself so that I don't have to go and like defend my experience, I guess. Yeah, it's a lot of work and a lot of explaining and there's layers and levels of how much do I trust this person to hear me and hold my story and who do I not trust and then avoid at all costs. So we don't have to deal with it. And I think for our listeners, it's important to know that, you know, we are the, we are in charge of our stories and we're in charge of our narratives. And in that instance, Deontay, it sounds like you were really, you know, you debated in your head what you should do and you made a decision and that's what was best for you in the moment. You know, yes, maybe if you were younger, Absolutely, I made a decision. Yeah, right, and absolutely. I made a decision. I weighed my odds. I thought, okay, what's the best way to get out of this situation and not have it become this whole 
like conversation and me sharing my experience and being vulnerable with someone with like two people I don't know and one person I work with every now and then. Yeah, and I find sometimes when I when people do ask questions and then if I do answer that sometimes just based on their faces, they can't even handle or really hear what I have to say. And so I don't right. know. Yeah, you bring in the person's maturity into context and you're like, ooh, are you even at a place where you're uh, able to comprehend this stuff? Like take it in and listen. And... Yeah, I guess that goes to say too that every workplace will be different and filled with different people with different experiences and yeah to tie together what all of you were saying and just it's yeah it's up to us as the adoptees to weigh our odds and recognize our safety and our feelings um but i guess too that could be hard so it's kind of like a catch-22 there like as adoptees we want to give you know and, and satisfy and uh, I guess, you know, that's always hard for me. Like I personally just, I give in a lot and I find myself getting walked on a lot. And so it's really important for me to remember and maybe other adoptees who are more like me to remember that it's okay to own your story and it's okay to keep it to yourself. And sometimes that is the best option. Yeah, I think I very rarely talk about all the details of my adoption, or I, I do chunks. You know, with one person, I'll talk about my bio family. With some people, I'll talk about my childhood and, you know, growing up with white parents. And that I feel like is really supportive for me. And now that it's my career, you know, all I talk about all day is adoption with my clients and the parents and the workshops I do and the podcast. And so for me, I'm telling my story over and over and over again, which really helps me to refine it so that when I am in new places, I feel that it gives me the skill set that I have. And so I think that's important too, you know, if you're in the car, in the shower, or walking down the street, that's a great time to practice these talks to get your story down. So when the moment comes, instead of being thrown off, you actually are like, oh, no, wait, I know, I know exactly what I want to say in this moment. What's kind of interesting, too, is that I feel like, especially as teachers, a lot of people really emphasize the importance of keeping your personal life and your work life very separate. And I think it's interesting as an adoptee, because I'm me 24-7. <laughs> I am an adoptee 24-7, whether or not I'm at work or I'm at home. Uh, and it's not yet something I've really had to come to terms with, but you know, in the future, thinking forward, okay, where, where will I draw these boundaries? And Lauren, I really like what you said about rehearsing that. I think that might make it a little easier emotionally too, to kind of be able to, to rehearse it like that. It's a good point. Yeah, it's so interesting because at my job, I overshare way too much, you know, in therapy and things like that. My story is actually what makes me an expert. And I 
forget that in other places it's not appropriate to talk about all of these things and there you know it could be considered crossing a boundary or sharing too much and that has not been my experience which i'm really grateful for because when i do share with my teens mostly or the parents i work with what's happening for me it helps to normalize the adoptee experience and it creates more connection and cohesion in the relationship and of course, I'm always scanning through. I mean, there's a lot of things I leave out with my clients or there are some things I'll kind of shift. You know, I'll leave some parts out and then do only say the parts that apply. But I think it'd be hard for me to have to remove most of me in some of these work settings or Glenna, kind of what you were talking about. Yeah, definitely. I think just to, to kind of summarize here, just always remembering that it's our choice no matter where we are and that we can ultimately own our story and that these things are hard <laughs> and it's going to be hard in in the workplace it's going to be hard in you know the ther therapy office it's going to be hard when you're out on on the running trails like no matter where you are um and I think, I mean, I think that's just the biggest thing that I pulled out of this, this episode. I don't know about you two, but. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that my takeaway is like really holding the fact that, you know, you do get to share however much of your story you want to share. And if that's nothing great, if that's everything great, like, and that's something that all adoptees need to like regularly tell themselves because at the end of the day, it's your story, nobody else's. And for parents listening too, to help encourage their teens or kids to have these conversations, you know, um, how do we talk about adoption? How do you talk about your adoption? And I know plenty of kids don't want to talk about this. And they, there's nothing worse they can imagine. But, you know, um, even just them talking to other adult adoptees, I mean, that's why I love the Heritage Camp so much, because it offers that uh, modeling that I certainly didn't get. And I think that's really important for everyone, even 20-year-olds, you know, young guys like you guys to hear older adoptees talk and share their stories. So we can all learn from one another. And I certainly learn a ton from both of you. So, you know, at all ages, we get to learn from each other. And that's something I really appreciate about all my adoptee moments and connections is I always walk away with something new, like a new nugget that I didn't have before. That's really beautiful. I love that. That's such a great reminder, Lauren. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. As always, feel free to reach out via our Instagram or our email address, which will be linked in the bio. And take care of yourself. And we hope to see you on the next episode. Love you all.